Good afternoon. So in reviewing the readings for the weekend, I had wondered why, beginning about three weeks ago, that our Sunday lectionary interrupted the Gospel of Mark in order to insert this sixth chapter of John. A good part of the chapter, including what we heard this, this afternoon, is commonly referred to as the Bread of Life Discourse. It's actually a sermon given in the rabbinic style in which Jesus teaches who he is in relationship to his Father and to us, of how he is one with the Father, of how he is the giver of eternal life, and how we are invited to share in this life that he offers. In part, the sharing takes place right here at this table. For throughout the discourse that we've been listening to, Jesus tells us of being the bread of life, thereby describing this relationship that Jesus has to each of us. We are fed and united with Christ at this Eucharistic table. Remain in me and I in him. It's a mutual indwelling. It's being in communion. But John's gospel goes to great lengths to remind us that there's more than just coming to the table to receive the real presence of Christ. As you know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all give us the story of the institution of the Eucharist, the story of Jesus gathering his disciples at the table, blessing and breaking and giving them bread and asking them to do the same thing over and over and over again and to remember him. But some 20 or so years later, when John takes pen to paper, he doesn't write anything about the Last Supper. Rather, he gives us this bread of life discourse, and later in the gospel, the story of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, telling them that that action is the model to follow, so that he has done for us, we should also do. So why did John make this substitution of stories? After all, what could be more important than Eucharist? Some theologians say that John had little need to talk about the Eucharist because it had already been in place for decades. So why repeat the story? But others feel that John had a concern that people were missing the point, that they were gathering at home churches, participating in the Eucharistic feasts, and leaving the liturgy fed but unchanged. They received the body of Christ, but they were not remembering the need to and the how to live as the body of Christ. So John gives us these Eucharistic gospel passages to teach us that being the body of Christ means more than just feeding at the table. It means seeing and living in this model Christ gave us. For it would seem one without the other makes little sense. So let me share with you a story of a retired Jesuit who through his words and deeds taught me and so many other students what Eucharist is all about. It was during my sophomore year at the University of Scranton, and I was invited to a birthday party of a Jesuit. And when I arrived, I was introduced to Father Don Pantel, who was a Jesuit who recently arrived on campus and had volunteered to go ahead and cook the meal. So as the evening came to a close, Father Don came over to myself and two other students and invited us to come back the following weekend to just join him for some 
more food and to enjoy each other's companies. With Don's simple invitation to the three of us to come back to share those stories, to share a meal, and to break bread, his ministry at the university began. And the model of what Eucharist really means was introduced to us. See, his model is brilliantly simple. He would gather a group of students together in his kitchen. He'd clear the wooden table in the kitchen, and out would come the candles and the bread and the wine, and he would say Mass for us. Then the table would be cleared again, and we learned how to cook and enjoy German meals, bratwurst and liver sausage and kielbasa and potato pancakes. And after dinner, the table would be cleared again, and he taught us how to play pinochle. That's a card game requiring great thought and one that he played since he was a young kid, and he was and still is very good at it. And through it all, we would talk about school and our family and our lives and our loves and our fears and our faith. And in doing so, he was teaching us what it meant to be Eucharist to each other. Or in the words of the then Superior General of the Jesuits, Father Pedro Arupre, he taught us how to be men and women for others. Men and women who will love not for themselves, but for God. This year, Padre Don celebrates his 55th year as a priest after spending some 30 years at Scranton. And even now, living at the Jesuit retirement community in Maryland, at the age of 86, his modus operandi of ministry hasn't really changed much at all. If you were to go down with me today and visit him, it'd be the same thing. Mass, food, and cards. What an incredibly brilliant way to teach and live the meaning of Eucharist. But I think the challenge some of us have, may have, is that we tend to have this myopic view of Eucharist, that it's something we can actually earn. But our Jesuit Pope Francis reminds us that Eucharist is not a reward for the good, but rather strength for the weak, for the sinner. It's not something earned. Rather, Eucharist is the food and the fuel so that we will never go hungry or thirsty. But this requires us to see what is before us with new eyes and to get out of our own selves. Another Jesuit, Father Greg Boyle, in his recent America Magazine interview, reminded us that we can be like frightened disciples who were locked in the upper room, and that we need to open the windows to let in new air, to unlock the front door and go forth to be Eucharist. But that action is driven by love. It's driven by the joy of the gospel. So just imagine the difference if we all started to lead with joy and stepped away from where we're fe fearful of. So now I can see why the midsummer changeup in the gospel readings is needed. As we, as we come forward this afternoon to receive the body of Christ, we need to remember that we too are the body of Christ. We need to remember that in the eyes of God, as different and broken as each of us may be, God hovers over us, works through us, and dwells within us. We need to remember that Eucharist is an inclusive sacrament of participation not an exclusive reward of meritocracy. So as you come to this table to receive the real presence of Christ, leave knowing that each of us are called to be Eucharist. 
are called to spread the joy of the gospel, are called to be the body of Christ to and for each other. And in doing so, may we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the mouths to proclaim the good news of our Lord Jesus the Christ.